Are you ready for the word? Say somebody, say the word. Now the word is very important because the word carries the antidote to every situation that will try attack you. The only weapon you have against <laughs> the devil is the word. The only weapon Satan has against you is ignorance. The Bible didn't say because of a devil and a sangoma and a witch and your mother-in-law. He says, no, because of a lack of knowledge, ignorance, my people perish. So I need the word. Say, I need the word this morning. Now, now we are busy in a series and to share with you to have daring faith. Say, daring faith. Now, now, daring faith means you need to step out, <laughs> step up, and become bold. Come on, somebody. That step out, a lot of people are living in a very small world. It's amazing how covet and situations, instead of pushing people out, it pulled them in so that people live. You can either live in fear or with faith. <laughs> you can either be pessimistic or optimistic. Help me, somebody. You can either live in a prison without bars, or you can live in the freedom. What Jesus described, you can have that life and have that life in abundance. Now, now, if this bottle was half full, we will have two groups of people that will look at this bottle. The one group will say, half empty. The other group will say it's half full. Two frogs end up in a cream container on the farm. The one's name was pessimistic and the other one optimistic. And when they end up pessimistic, say, oh, it's finished. It's clear. We're going to drown. There's no hope. There's no future. And glug, 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 he drowned and went to the bottom. The next morning, the farmer came, opened this container, and there he found a frog sitting on a pile of butter. <laughs> His name was optimistic. He said, pessimistic can say there's no hope, but I, as long as there's life in my body, and he started kicking. Now, I grew up on a small farm, and I know how to separate milk and butter, and how you take butter and make the uh, cream, and you make butter. And that's when they saw the little frog called optimist. Now, it's not what happens to us determine. It's how we respond to things in life that's going <laughs> to happen with us. And we need to respond according to the Word of God. Now, now, if you want the blessing of God, listen, people, on your life. If you want the power of God in your life and you want the anointing of God through your life, you must build your life on these three pillars, strong, powerful pillars. That's the antidote against the three vicious booby traps of Satan. Number one, it's integrity. Number two, humility. If you can be humble. I don't need bodyguards and a special seat, and diamonds in my teeth, 
and a great announcement. A lady last Sunday night got me at the door and she said, who are you here? I said, I'm the janitor, I'm the cleaner. She said, I need to speak to the senior pastor. I said, oh, the lady I gave the mic that prayed, go to her. She can help you. And then afterwards, she said, you liar. I said, well, who I am doesn't matter. It's who Jesus is that's important. Because if I can build my life on integrity, not having a chub on my forehead... Made in China, made in Taiwan, help me somebody, made in Nigeria, made in Africa. And I can be genuine me. Because you and I can only be genuine when we are we. It's amazing. I've seen people, they're normal until they're in the room and the flashlight and the cameras on them, they go through something like this. We prayed in a prayer room and at Big Lofdal, and I heard Benny Hinn prayed a few people away from me. And I thought, how did Benny Hinn got in here? And I looked around, and it was Daryl. He prayed. He, he breathed where Benny. Now, it's got nothing to against me. And I said afterwards, I said, Daryl, can you just be you? Yeah, well, I, I, I said, I understand. But just be you. I said, if you start, I said, I don't speak to God different as I speak to a person. That God have to ask the angel Gabriel, no, 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 we prat no da, is that now? Oh, heavenly God. No. I've seen that. Been too long in this ministry journey. Listen, and this is the thing. Because if you want to have the blessing and the anointing and the power of God, build your life on integrity, humility, and generosity. Because scripture comes and Paul tells us, he says, Philippians 2, 5, in your life, think. The scripture transform me. He says, think and act like Christ Jesus. Think and act. Tell your neighbor, say, think and act as a believer like Christ Jesus. Because Paul addressed the church in Rome, Romans 8, 29, Living Bible, he says, from the very beginning, God decide. Who decide? God. Your parents says, you're born. I said, ah, this is the doctor of the family. This is the attorney. This is the motor mechanic. This is the hairdresser. Isn't it strange that mechanics' cars are always broken? Hairdressers, they do everybody. They fix them. And when you look at them, they say, did you come from Stellenbosch, from the strawberry farm? Now, our parents always have these big dreams. But God decides, say God decides. Well, it's nothing against hairdressers and mechanics. I'm just saying, say God decide. He says, God decide that those who come to him and all along he knew who would should become 
like a son. That's why John says, I must become less so that Jesus can become more. I have discovered this morning, and every morning when I woke up, I look in the mirror, and I see my worst enemy, me. We have done ourselves more harm than what any devil, any situation, any whatever, whoever can do, because we believe a lie about us above the truth. God said, you loved. I care for you. You're my property. You, I've got ownership. You're my heir. Come on. That's why we say I am what the world says I am. Not the idea of the world. Help me somebody. And then when you start saying what God's saying, I didn't say feel like it. I say say it. Because Paul tells also the believers, and when he addressed them in the book of Corinth, he says in the book of Corinthians to the church of Corinth, he said this powerful thing. He says that we are moved, listen, not by feelings, not by emotions, because we are are moved by what we believe. And I'll give you the scripture right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. He says, so then we are always full of good and hopeful and confident courage. Because we walk by faith. Did you discover these days when my body doesn't want to play with? And then I said, you better, I'm going to put you under a cold shower. I'm going to drag you on your legs out of this bed. You need to get up. And it's the quickest my body responds because I don't like cold. He jumps out automatically out of the bed and say, hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice because if we go by what we feel, we will be angry. We will walk in unforgiveness. We will hate people. I told you, that young boy in the encounter that I led to the Lord, and the whole group was standing. It was in this building years ago. And this boy got my, two of them got my attention. One boy here out of the avenues. He was 19, and he was... Uh, shooting guy, he told me he shot a few people. But that morning he gave his heart to the Lord. But this other boy, and I took the mic away and I said, what's your name? And he gave me his name. I said, what are you doing? Who are you? He said, I am the hitman for the Russian mafia. I took the mic away. I said, before I lead you in the sinner's prayer, I have a few names that I want to send you to. That boy's face lit up. And a smile, I could see the sparkles. He said, 
I can quickly make a plan. It's God's truth. I said, no, you need to get to the Lord right now. Now, I had to hide him. We had to hide him from the mafia because they want to take him out. But this is the thing, people. God wants us. We have a choice. It's much easier to stay in the comfort zone. I thought at the age of 60, I would retire and sit there in the Bahamas and drink water out of a pineapple with an umbrella on. And then in 1993, Nicky van der the last day that he was alive, he called me. After we had powerful services, Nicky was 45 years of age. And uh, he called me to the Arthur Seed Hotel where we booked him in. And he said, four things that I need to share with you. What God shared with me last night at the foot of Table Mountain. Number one, here comes a new president. He's not white. He's not bleach. He's not paint with PVA. He's not brown. He's not Indian. He is black. And I looked at Nikki. I said, Paul Kruger is turning like a fan in his grave now. He said, Gustafi, I heard from God. He said, the second thing I need to tell you, big names will start disappearing from the scene. And it will start in South Africa, go all over the world. God said, I'm not going to share my glory with no man. So I've seen the new president came in 94. I saw the names start disappearing. This, He said, the third thing God said, I must tell you, I'm going to use the rejects in the end time. The people that the, church, the mainstream churches overlook. He said, it will be the whosoever is available for God. And when he said reject, I said, oh, thank you, God. There's hope for me. And then the fourth thing he said, Gustafi, the Lord said, now he was six foot six because I put him in his coffin. He walked like this, he said, and the Lord said, you must make a choice today because I was in a comfort zone. He said, you can be a normal pastor and become a disaster or you can retire at the age of 60, or you can impact a person, a community, a nation, and a nation of the world. But the Lord said, you must make the decision today. What did Nikki do? He stretched me out of my comfort zone. And I said, I make the choice today. I am not going to be a disaster as a pastor, I will become a devil blaster. And that long man laid hands in right in sea point on me. And there was days that I want to bite my tongue for that prayer that I prayed. Because I have discovered I was challenged out of comfort zone. You're a person of capacity and potential. The, the cemetery is the wealthiest place on the face of the earth. 
not Lakanda. What's the other one where they stole all those millions of dollars? Not that one. Their songs never composed, books never written, messages never preached, inventions never invented, impact that never happened, businesses that was never started, because people died without become stretched by faith. Help me. And this is the thing that you need to discover with daring faith this morning, family. Because if you can have daring faith, so what must I do? If you come out of your comfort zone, my Lord, and you become step that give that step of braveness, come on, out to where God has called you. Tell your neighbors, say, I have decided I'm going to let God direct the future of my life. Not where I am right now, not what I feel right now, not what I'm going through right now, not my situation right now. I decide, hallelujah, God is going to be the one that's going to give me and prepare for me what he already prepared. And that's why I am renewing my mind. I am, listen, freeing my mind. And I'm focusing my mind with the word. Tell your neighbor this morning. Tell your neighbor this I was preaching. We had these great revival services. And the next moment, I got a letter on the pulpit. Your red light is on. And I didn't understand what the person said. And I looked and I think, where's the red lights? So I'm preaching. And the next moment I got another letter. Your red light is shining very bright at times. This person tries to be very technical. And I still couldn't get it. And then the next moment, the next letter he brought to the front, he said, your fly is open. And I had a red on. And the moment when he said that, revival gone, I stood there, I don't know how, I'm red in my face, the red light is shining now from the top of my head. Funny crinky, tori twinky. This is the thing this morning, family. I didn't say any bad thing. Listen, you must be bold. And daring to live an extraordinary life of faith. God said, this is the way how my righteous people will live, is by believing God above anything else. Talk about generosity. Because he says, we, are, we walk by faith and not by sight. Then the author of the book of Hebrews come, turn to your neighbor and say, there he said it again. Turn to your husband and say, brew your own coffee. 
The Bible doesn't say Hebrews. He said Hebrews. Okay, you'll get that later. You'll get that later. Listen. Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You can live by fear or by faith. You can live limited or you can say, I'm stepping out. Tell somebody next to you, even if you have to jump up, say, my word, say, I am coming out. It's time to shift, hallelujah, God's way of doing. Tell your neighbor, say, I am coming out. And I'm shifting in a higher level of what I've ever been in before. Because did you read that God said our life is made out of choices, not only changes. You can, if you never make the choice, nothing is going to change. The leper says, we're going to die here. And then they made a choice and say, let's go to the city. And there they found out people are dead and they had all the food. It was the choice. The widow of Zerapath had the choice. Her change was, I'm going to bake a cake, 1 Kings 17. We're going to eat it and then die. That's what she told the prophet. But the prophet had the word. He had to shift her. Say, shift. Now, your Afrikaans people need to say that word very carefully because I heard in the 8 o'clock service when I said shift, somebody had a slip. I will not say what it was. Say shift out because we are in alignment for the extraordinary 2023 to end strong in 2022. Now, now, family, because Jesus made a statement. And there's people here that can help me. How older I get, there's some scriptures that becomes more dangerous than when I was younger. And this is one of them. It's written in red. It's how Jesus, now you will discover in Matthew chapter 4, for Jesus came out and uh, for the wilderness and he put the devil on his place. It is written in Matthew 5, he starts speaking, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, Matthew 8. He tells us how as a citizen of heaven, kingdom living, to live kingdom style. And then he comes in Matthew chapter 9 and 10 and tell us the actions when you're in the kingdom. Pray the Lord of the harvest to thrust and push people out into the harvest field. That's where we are now. That's intercessory prayer. You can read it, amplified. Now here in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is busy with kingdom living. Say kingdom living. If you go to the Emirates, Dubai, they warn you, husband and wife, don't hold hands in public. You cannot kiss in public. Because they've got a chop Friday. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. 
They put you in prison. That's their law. If you go to another country, they tell you, be cautious there. This is the law. Help me. Now, now the same with kingdom living. God's got a kingdom. We are in this world, not from this world. We understand 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says you are a new creature. All things has passed away. And then Jesus, uh, Paul said, uh, God gave us the greatest ministry on the face of the earth. He gave you the ministry of reconciliation. Say, I have it. Nobody needs to lay hands on you. Nobody needs to anoint you with cooking oil, olive oil, anointing oil, car oil, castor oil. And what oil? By, if you're born again, you got it automatically. The greatest ministry to reconcile. Then he entrusted us with the ministry. He said, and 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you're a new creature. He gave you the ministry of reconciliation, and he entrusted us with the message to reconcile people back to God. And verse 20 says, and he made you Christ's personal representative on the face of the earth. Personal representative. He's ambassador. That's what it means. So Jesus was preparing people when he's gone what it is to present him now here is the thing tell somebody say I hope I climb it says this powerful thing in Matthew 7 21 kingdom living not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom scary he says, of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Can somebody just shout in this building this morning, say, shift! Say, I am coming in alignment to doing the will of God. Hallelujah! Because I don't only want to say, Lord, Lord, I want to do the will of the Father. Can somebody say, shift again? And if somebody sits next to you and say, shift, I give you permission. You have this. There's a thingy here. If you do this, they go, uh, say my word. <laughs> say shift again. And if you don't hear, shift. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So that you can shift in kingdom alignment. Help me somebody. Because family, this is the most powerful thing that I need to understand. In, now Paul comes again and he spoke to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And turn to somebody say, you will have no chance for arthritis in your hands in this service because you keep on paging through the Bible and you're exercising your fingers. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13. Hallelujah. Listen what it says. Because at your standing of the test of the ministry, they will glorify God for your loyalty and your obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess. Isn't that powerful? 
The other translation says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. We have made certain discoveries in this past weeks how I can walk by faith. That means, and I'll get to this now, believing when I don't see it. It's obeying God when I don't understand it. Did you have that in your life? God said, do this. Do the next thing. Give that car away. Throw money. They burned our facility at LWPC. The damage, two and a half million. The insurance came and gave me 25,000. The fire brigade came and took away thirteen or 12,000. Now we're in a hole of 2.5 million. The hospital beds burned, the mattresses, everything. I was flying to preach at the uh, big conference of the PPC, and that's not cement or Pentecostal problem children. That's the Pentecostal Protestant church in Pretoria. When I arrived in Joburg, the Lord said, go to the ATM machine and draw 7,000 rand. I thought, I pay my own flights, my own accommodation, rent my own cars. I don't need to get money here for what? So I obey God. I've learned this in my short life. Went to the service. The Sunday morning, start Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning. So Sunday night's my last service, then I fly back. In the Sunday morning service, place packed. I know here and there a person. I walk and the Lord said, call out that person. Call this lady out. What's your name? Lucy. Juicy Lucy. No, that was not her name. It's a senior lady. She said, my name is Aunt Lucy. Said the Lord, said, I must pray for you. And I heard the Lord said, give her the money in your pocket. I said, money in my pocket? I don't come here to give money out of my pocket. I had, a, say, a thousand bucks in my pocket. So I took the mic away. I said, Aunt Lucy, the Lord said, I must give you this. She started crying. Now, I've never seen Aunt Lucy. I know she's there from Eve's family. I heard the Lord said, tell her you're going to give her the money you have at the guest house, the rest of that, all that thousands. So there's another five. Then. Of course, I, the other thousand I spent in the offerings took the mic away, and I said, devil, get behind me. You imitate the voice of God. I just did what God told me to do. Now you say, give that money. So I took the mic away, and I know senior people don't go to church on Sunday nights. And I took the mic, I said, Aunt Lucy, do you go Sunday nights to church? I tried to get off the hook. She said, normally I don't go, but because you're here, I'm here tonight. 
took the mic away. I said, the Lord said, I must give you, said the mount. She stopped crying. She said, I'm tired of battling. I cannot live with Sasa. She said, I've got my children's children. And she said, all these ones. And we battle. She said, I ask God to show me that he loves me. So, Sunday night. I remember now the 2.5 million. Sunday night, I'm back there. Quarter past six, the pastors called me. They test if I, a man of my word. They say, Aunt Lucy is here. But they say it like, I said, I'm ready for Aunt Lucy. So Aunt Lucy came. I gave her the money. Preach back in the guest house. A text went off. I was praying, listen the time, at quarter past six tonight. That's a thousand miles away from where I am. And the Lord said, you need a hospital to be built. I must build you the hospital cash with my own money. The principle with faith is obeying God when I don't understand it. Help me somebody. I, I, I persisting when I, when I don't feel like it. That's why I cannot afford to miss a service. I need to lift the bar higher. There's certain truths that we have that's not God's truth. It's a lie we believe. Now, uh, you, you cannot make up your own truth. You need to be taught truth. And I use the example of gravity. You say, I don't believe in gravity. I'm going to get on the roof. I'm going to get to Signal Hill. They fly the paraglide. So if you see somewhere somebody paraglide there, it's me. But with a parachute. And you say, I don't need that because I don't believe in gravity. I'm going to fly. And you stand there and you start. Stop running. And you jump. Boy, gravity is going to teach you truth. The truth you had was a lie. And to lift the bar higher in our lives, we need to free our minds from the lie that we believe you cannot, impossible, it's not going to happen. Uh, they asked me to open uh, the political party, one of the main ones here, and uh, they had the imam there and a witch doctor there or whoever it was. And the moment when I took the microphone, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I started prophesying. I said, now, those people don't really know the Lord. I said, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord says, South Africa's not going under. They will go over. They're not moving backwards. They're moving forward. Because I believe what I see in the word. People around us can, but we are connected to another kingdom. Say, I'm connected to another kingdom. Say, I'm shifting this morning. Hallelujah. Now, now, let me just finish. Because I announcing in advance before I have it. I giving when I don't have it. And I thanking God before I receive it. Because faith always sees the answer. Help me somebody. So what is it? He said, as a result of your ministry, as a result of your generosity, 
Jesus, we can learn. Say, he's my model. Jesus is our model. We learn from our model. He was generous. People are hungry and thirsty, and he said, you give them something to eat. They had a long list. McDonald's, now that was in Israel, so McDavid's are closed. Nando's is not operating. <laughs> but here's a little boy with five loaves and two fishes. Jesus always operate with generosity. Now when I speak about generosity, it's not necessary to say it's money. My love. Do you know how many people tell me they only come to this ministry for the hug at the door? Because nobody hug them. If you can show generosity. What did Jesus say? How will the world know we his disciples? How good I can preach? No. How good I can prophesy? No. How good I can play music and sing? No. He said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples by your love. Tell somebody, love is the key. You can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. Okay, that doesn't sink home. You can give without loving. But you can never say, I love, and not giving. Because you see, money is the test, or by generosity is the asset test of my character, my integrity, and my generosity. Money never changed people. When people suddenly get all this money and they change, that thing was all the time there. I told you people said, we cannot worship here. When we had nothing, it was okay. Plastic chairs and asbestos roof. No, no, we need a place with bicycle seats and five shield carpets and ask me where are they today? Nowhere. Is that the key I must finish? Okay, let me do it. Let me give you quickly a few benefits when I show generosity. When I share the gospel, I care about people. Because generosity comes in many forms. That was Jesus' nature. Remember? God decide. God has a way of living. Say, God has a way of living. Let me quickly give it to you. Number one, generosity honors God. It's in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 14, 31. Whoever is generous to the needy honors God. That's why we feed multitudes, thousands of people every week. 16th of December, we're going to do these hampers for thousands of people and families. It costs thousands to do it. Why do we do it? Because to show the love. I helped a crash in uh, Wallace Dean. We came there with chairs and carpets and tables and food. And 
because the children were sitting on the plastic black plastic garbage bags for the floor and eat with their hands and no chairs, no nothing in a crash. And when we stop there, the community is there. They say, oh, it's the political party. It's the president. I said, no, it's President Jesus. Not that president. I said, because we're here to show you he loves you. He loves you. Generosity. I'm in Northumberland Road. And I park there, go to the art shop. And this man was in the trash can. I believe it was an angel. And I heard the Lord said, give him money. I took out 20 rand and I heard the Lord sis on you. You have all these 100 rand notes. You can bring hope somebody to share that I love him generosity I said God forgive me I walked to the gentleman I said who I am doesn't matter I said but God said I must give you this and I gave him tears he said I made a few mistakes in life he said I had a lot but I've got nothing now he said, and I love Jesus. He said, I was just asking the Father to show me that He really heard my prayer and He cares for me. He said, and here you came. The joy I got out of that. I've got a lot of humor stories about where we live. Got up on a day and the Lord said, go and draw money. Go to the spa in Bonnybrook. Greifontein. I mean, we live on the side of Belleville. He said, go to the parking lot and wait for me there. I'll instruct you. Told me the money. I've got the money in my pocket. I went, I sat there. And every person that comes out of the spa, I thought it's that person. Nope. A lady came out with a ponytail, no teeth. She looks like an organ without notes. Canned fruit bottle, elastic in her hair. And the Lord said, it's her. So I opened the window. I said, come here. I jumped out of the car. I said, no, no, that's not what I meant. I said, God sent me here. And I said, God said, I must give you this. She said, I was inspired and let them press the subtotal. I cannot make a living. I live in Bonnie Bray. I'm tired of battling. She said, I love Jesus, but sometimes I feel he doesn't care about me. And I ask him that he will show that he loves me. And she said, here you came. Now, it's not because of me. I'm telling you the stories, why it honors God. It's a tool. If you use it anything less than a tool, you're going to be in trouble. Number two, generosity draws me closer to God. Deuteronomy 14, 23b section. 
the LB translation, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. God doesn't need nothing from me. He owns all the gold, all the silver, all the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need. Why does He instruct us so that it's a proven fact that I put God always first? That's where a lot of people miss the boat. Every year in January, there's my daughter, there's my son. All the money we have, doesn't matter if it's 100,000, 10 rand, all the money we have in the last day of January, we sow all the money. February the 1st, we start with nothing. What do you do, Gustav? Because what happens with the first determines the rest. Biblical principle. To show God His first. We don't love money. Money is not the issue. We do it to be generous. We share the gospel of Jesus because it's generosity. Say, I have the key. Oh, say, I have the key. You have the key to unlock the door for people to go into eternity. That's generosity by sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. Come on, people. Because generosity draws me closer, Matthew 6, 21. Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. If your treasure is in caravans and Harley Davidsons and Jaguars and, and in Rolls Royces and in diamonds and in false teeth or whatever, that's where your treasure, but if your treasure is in the kingdom, it's people, that's more important. Generosity draws me closer. Number three, generosity makes me more like Jesus. Have you discovered, have you, not everybody likes you? Have, have, you, have you discovered, you meet a stranger and when they discover who you are, it's like, because they don't know you. Somebody told them something. I told you the gentleman came to gossip to me about me and he didn't know it was me. Jesus have mercy. The stories that came out was so horrific. Not God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the devil, or I knew about all those stories. And two years later, I had to share the story. Grandma died, and it was his grandma. He didn't know who I was, so when I got on the pulpit, he sat right in front. Omar's coffin was here. He developed hemorrhoids in a split of a second. He's white, he's red, he's pink. He couldn't sit still. It's the whole time this, and I thought, today I'll torment you. I'll torment you for that day. No, I didn't. After the service, he said, why didn't you tell me? So I found out it's not the truth. I said, because you wouldn't believe me. I've learned not to defend me. 
If people cannot see Jesus in me with all my shortcomings and my mistake, what is the use of telling them and they don't see it? The generation God is getting hold of is the ones that didn't bow before Baal. The prophet said, prideful, I'm the only one. <laughs> no, no, no. How many do I still have that didn't bow their knees? Generosity draws me closer to God. Generosity makes me more like Jesus. The greedy always want more, but the godly love to give. Luke chapter eleven forty-one. The living translation says, because purity is best demonstrated by generosity. The next one, and then I'm done. Generosity is the cure for materialism. Uncle Don Leonard worship at Rama, and he's got a family there, very, very wealthy to drive these two-seater Mercedes-Benzes and Uncle Don Park, but they always find fault in the music. Then the message was, don't put them and then that. And they pull up lungs, Uncle Don, and he said he does not list for them. He said, don't come here. Here they steal cars like yours. If you know Uncle Don was the actor. He said, when we're all in church, they especially come along here and see what fancy two-seater that people jump in that car, drove away, went to fetch the pharmacy little bucky to come back. Uncle Don said, man, because they said Jesus is coming, he said, and they had a date September. He said, do you believe it? Yeah, with your heart, yeah. He said, will you sign this paper that when Jesus come for you, you put the date from, say, 21 of September, from the 22nd of September, everything we own belongs to Don Leonard. They say, no, we can never do that. He said, well, why do you believe a lie because they were in a trap of materialism. If you chase things, it's the blessing of God that maketh rich and add no sorrow. Help me. Oh, it's very quiet. Somebody say, just tell somebody, say, Simon O'Clock, here I'm really running, ending now. 1 Timothy, because Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. In Matthew 6, 24, it's the cure for materialism. Listen what Paul tells Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Do you know that's in the Bible? He says, but in this must you put it, but to put the hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Say, God wants me to enjoy life. He gives you things, listen people, so that it will not possess you, but you can be the manager over it. Because if things possess you, and God wants you to use you as a channel, you close, you lock yourself out of the blessing. You need to become generous as Jesus. Share the gospel. Share love. 
share when there's something God asks you to do by word. He says, because to put their hope in God, to richly provide us with everything for our enjoyment, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Can I give you one more? Then we finish. Generosity demonstrates my faith. Doesn't help to say I believe and my actions doesn't show that I believe. Jesus asked somebody when a miracle, he said, do you want to be a Michael? Yes, take up your bed. He had to demonstrate his faith. You take up your bed. Lord, I have nobody to put me in the water when the angels stir the water. He said, that's not the question Jesus asked. He had in the excuses. The instruction was to demonstrate faith that you believe it. And what you believe, what you think is what your life going to be. Listen, in 2 Corinthians 9.13, your giving proves the reality of your faith. Lyman 1.6, you are generous because of your faith. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe in. Bring it. Come, bring that. He said, and prove me if I will not open. So I first need to respond. The widow of Zerapath first had to follow the instruction. That's where people miss what God wants to do, not only for them, but through them. Because here's the principle, like with Auntie Lucy. When you let go what is in your hand, God is ready to let go what is in his hand. 2,100 times the word gives in the Bible. Be generous. You, you will think, well, love will be referred more. No, it's only 700 times. <laughs> Why? Because you can't truly love without giving, we said. And people, this is the thing that God wants to do. Generosity reveals my character. Do I have the heart of the Father? I can learn from Him. For God so loved the world that he gave himself. Jesus paid with his life to demonstrate to us he loves us. Tell your neighbor, say, Jesus loves me. He loves you. He wants you to step out, step up, become bold as a roaring lion so that you can be a world changer a history maker and a planet shaker to change the atmosphere and this morning God's got a bigger plan with your life than what we're busy with remember Colonel Sanders I said at the age of 86 he made the mark Caleb, Caleb, 
Kalb, Afrikaans, kalb. Hier kom, weet nooit de snor in die Bijbel gedraan nie? Kalb. Want hy was kalb. Okay, you will don't get that. Caleb said, 86 year young, Give me the mountains. Sarah, 90. Abraham, 100. They went on honeymoon. Turn to your husband, say, stop your nonsense. I need to go on honeymoon again. Sarah came from the tennis club that day. And she said, I have heartburn. She was pregnant. What was impossible with man? Because faith, believing God for the miraculous, the impossible. What happened when I don't have faith? I blow up my problems. I negatively influence other people. But when I have faith, I look and say, nothing is impossible with God. Right there, it was in this building. Gentlemen came, they own SARS, 600,000, 800,000, that's right, 800,000. SARS is going to wipe them out. He said in that meeting, the word of the Lord came, got faith, brought his son, young man, 32, blood cancer. He's going to die. That gentleman said, we have nothing to lose, everything to win. I don't know, six, seven thousand, whatever he did. And he put it here, Andre Sloan myself, I don't know about this, this is the testimony. We laid hands on that boy, the job, put him off, stage four. That man said, I believe God for the miracle. You cannot buy a miracle, you cannot buy salvation. He said, I am putting my faith out. That Monday, SARS phoned this gentleman, said, we went through it again. We're going to write off. So many hundreds of thousands. You only owe us, I think it was 65,000. What they had. The boy was healed. He became the head of the department. Back in his work, supernaturally. By the power of God. So family, this is the thing. Generosity delivers us from ourselves so that we can become everything God designed us to be. The earthen vessel. You will heal the sick. You will cast out devils. You will raise the dead. Speak in new tongues. You will work the works of Jesus and greater works. That's where we are. And right now, I want to pray for two groups of people in this room. First room, maybe you've never met Jesus. Go to church. Be a church member. My father preached. We go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But we were not born again until 1969. Lord, I sound like that, David. 
in November, I was this meeting. Somebody invited me. Prayed the sinner's prayer. Something happened and my life was changed. That's 53 years ago. And in all those times, God was so faithful. When I was weak, He was strong. But it cost me to make that step. Jesus. The word says, if you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. My children were born while we were in the ministry. They had to come to their own senses. They were not born saved to accept the Lord. My grandchildren the same. Why? Because Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you're not born again this morning, if you don't know Jesus, maybe you served him once and something happened, the disappointments and everything, and you say, I cannot. But this morning, it's your turning point. Because the three terrible devils that attack people are guilt, self-condemnation, and excuses. Guilt and condemnation produce excuses, the why not and the how not. And excuses works in the natural but never in the spirit world. So let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. There's anybody this morning that says, Gustav, I want to make this quality decision about Jesus. I served him once and I've heard the word this morning. And You can just raise your hand that we can pray with you. Okay, everybody here born again. Ask the person next to you, say, are you born again? Do you know Jesus? Are you going to be with Jesus if you die? If they say, I don't know, I'm sure. So I want to help you. First group. Second group. Life trample you, slap you, kick you. And you feel life is not fair. When Helen Zillow was the premier, she sent the newspaper to me, the report course we with the xenophobia war did I tell the story in this service yet no eight o'clock we did 21,000 meals that we had to feed we hide the people with the war I put up my tent here at the community the present government people came and put it on fire but we rescue the people Gonzalez a missionary she do what our she slept on the cement floor amongst all those she and a few of our people. said, Lord Jesus. So the newspaper, Helen Seller heard it. So I was never in a newspaper for bad stuff. So they came, did the interview, and she asked me, did you ever feel like giving up, quitting? Now first, look, if there's no microphones that they hide, because I don't want this on record. And I said, seven million times and she said what make your heart tick I said because I've learned this lesson in my life and I cannot hold on to God God holds on to me we raised a boy many children our home actually but this young boy, I was in the corridors of Grutteskir Hospital to go and pray for somebody. 1989, 
Elie Stoffberg said, there's a young man, he doesn't have a home. His parents, hobo somewhere in the world, Pretoria, at the fountains, live under newspaper. Said, this young man have nowhere to go. I said, bring him. His name was Durkee. Brought Durkee home. Durkee died in our home. But this is the story. I sat the day with the specialist at Grote Skier when he said, Durkee's got three months to live. Got lung cancer. How the boy jumped up and started hitting the cupboards and stuff, and I had to grab him to calm him down. Then he ran away from home to get married, and I know he will come back home just before he died. Communicate all the time. And one day he said, meantime they had a baby, made this girl pregnant, and they got married, and there where John Foster was born, I'm trying to figure out what's the place name at the Long Cliff, Carriedo. And Durkee said, Pa, we're at Cape Town Station. Can you come and fetch us? I knew. It was nights that I had to jump up, that he vomited blood. The vessels in his eyes burst, then I had to rush with him. Children were at school still. He ended up in Tigerberg Hospital. The sister phoned me. She said, your son. I don't know. She said, signed the red form. Come and fetch him. He was bones and skin. I had to carry him. So his arms is around my neck. And I hold him and I could feel while I carry him, he does this. Druk. And he said, Will you also reject me? Like so many did. You're the only father. I ever knew. My story is, I hold on him and I could feel. That's how we sometimes with God, we weak, we cannot hold on. And I said, Durkee, I said, if you know me, I stick to the end. I was on a flight from Joburg. That time you could fly midnight. And the Lord knew I wouldn't be able to handle that. Children, we stayed here in Stadler Street. And he died that night in our home. Long story short, there's times when life slap you. You go through stuff. You battle to hold on to God. But God said, I hold on to you. It's okay. It's okay. 
this morning, if you're that person that say, Gustav, I battle to figure this out. I feel disappointed. I feel everything. But I am shifting out situations to come in kingdom alignment, to end strong. Another story. I have so many stories. When our oldest son died, his Lonzel, Tasha, then Quiz, and then Billy, in 2008. It was a Saturday, the Sunday morning, I was scheduled to preach at a new church, Praise Church, with Pastor Sonny Ward. My heart was broken for my family. Nikki was half in a coma. In and out, day nurses, night nurses. And uh, my secretary said, Shall I cancel all your meetings? I said, No, then I keep on preaching in this condition till I get, can get a flight back. I couldn't get a flight back eight days later. But long story short, Sunday morning I'm in this church. I don't know how to handle it because I was thinking of my children. I told him, don't tell mommy, I'll tell her when I get back. That Sunday morning, I walked to a couple, started prophesying to them. Nine years that day prior, their son was murdered and they turned their back on God. They say there is not a God, not nothing to do with God. If God was real, the son was beautiful. Him and his girlfriend was on the 4th of July, just in the wrong place, the wrong moment. Somebody got trigger happy. Shot him, shot her through the spleen, killed somebody else, but he died. Gave them a word after the service. They came to me. They said, that morning they gave their hearts to the Lord. They say, we have wasted nine years of our lives. I said, I told my wife this morning, if you can make it, we have wasted years. We come back to God right now. And they told me this incredible story about their son. You must remember, they say, enemy, you, are, you have so much potential in you. You're the chosen vessel, you handpick. You're washed in blood. Your name is written in the book of life. God's going to use you to change nations. But the enemy will fight you. You're too weak. You're too that. You're too skinny. You're too fat. You're too long. You're too tall. You're too young. You're too old. I start preaching on the corner of streets at the age of 15. Went into full-time ministry November 74, 48 years ago. I've learned something about God. He loves you. When you're weak, you're actually strong. All these things that slap you, the disappointments, wants to put you back. Especially for parents, you walk with guilt. What did I do wrong? And the enemy, the accuser, wants to accuse you. You need to break out of that thing this morning. 
so that you can share the good news. You can tell people there's hope. You can tell them that God is still on the throne. Come on. He knows the end. The book tells us how your life is going to be. And this is your morning. I didn't plan it. Happened the 8 o'clock service, the same thing. If you sit here this morning, I did make the first call, the second call, and you say, Gustav, life slapped me. I battle to get over it. I want to help you. It may be terrible childhood days that you cannot process your business. You lost somebody that you're in, whatever the case may be. And you fail. Say, I'm coming out of the trap of Satan because I'm going to operate as ambassador of heaven and have bold faith roar like a lion. If that's you this morning that say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the trap and out of this narrow spaces. Will you stand with me right now? Father, we say thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, the living Christ, we honor you all over this place that people are standing right now to break out, break through, and break forth. We say this morning, we're coming out. Hallelujah. Say, I'm coming out. Say, Lord Jesus, I've heard the word of the Lord this morning. Say, I choose to forgive myself. <laughs> That's where a lot of people are. They, they battle to forgive. They say, I choose to forgive myself. Say, I can do nothing about the past. But I can do everything about right now to move forward in my life's journey in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, Father, I say thank you. I forgive anybody and everything that was against me, that hurt me, that caused pain right now in Jesus' name. Because I am not a prisoner of my past. I am a pioneer of my future in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to make it. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming in alignment for my godly assignment. Hallelujah. Say, I am going to be what the Word says I'm going to be. Say, hallelujah. Some of you need to say, say, my comeback is greater than any setbacks. Hallelujah. Because I'm not coming back. I'm bouncing back. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, I am bouncing back. Say, tell your neighbor, say, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. Say, ah, it's going to happen in the mighty name of Jesus. Is Yella, are you too? What are you drinking that you look so good? Well, the hand of the Lord's upon this young man. and God's going to do outside the box for you. Because, son, you battle at the moment up here. The Lord said, my hand is upon you to break you free. There's so much gifts and talents inside of you. And the enemy wants you to believe a lie. I cancel every word that was spoken over you, that you're not going to make it. That's all what you're going to settle for in life. And I speak resurrection power. Pastor Les, will you come and lay hands on this young man? I speak resurrection power 
over your life right now in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Look at me, lovey. Your battle is over. I hear the word of the Lord. Your battle is over. Pastor Laura, let's lay hands. Norma, let's lay hands. Your battle is over this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Loving Christ, please love me. Hallelujah. It's going to be uh, stop punishing yourself or feeling guilty. <laughs> it's your freedom morning. Healer, Lord, even in her body, I speak healing and health. Minister to her right now. Minister to him. Praise the Lord. Isn't God a good God? The devil is a bad devil. There's nothing good. Must we still do the offering? Okay, they're going to do the offering while we pray. Praise the Lord. Uh, become generous in the kingdom and just sow in Jesus' mighty name. Now, lovey, I've met you all before the service quickly. I don't know much about you, but I'm telling you, God said, I must tell you, I've heard your cry, and I'm answering your prayer. You're going to break out. What didn't work in the past, the Lord said, it's a new thing I'm doing for this family. <laughs> what the enemy meant for harm, God said, I'm turning it around for the good. My word, every word has canceled the devil. Come on, I need a couple. Raymond, lay your hands. I need quickly. Pastor Tasha, let's lay hands on her. Let's Raymond lay hands on this family. Somebody lay hands on this young man. Where's you, Graceland? Graceland, Graceland, Graceland. Whoever lay hands on this young man, in the mighty name of Jesus, we speak breakthrough. We speak turnarounds in Jesus' name. Say my word. Say shift. Say I'm shifting into a dimension. Of the greatness of God this morning. In Jesus' name. Son, what's your name? Jaden. Jaden. God's got really a greater plan than what you're busy with right now. For your life. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said, I'm taking you out. Of reasoning and logic by believing. Anything you dare to believe God for, the Lord said, will be possible. And like I told this young man, you're not going to be a prisoner of circumstances. You're going to be a pioneer of breaking through. You are a leader of leaders. There's leader qualities in you. You, you, you don't fit in your age group. I don't even know how old you are. You feel like a round thing tried to fit in a square because you're more mature and you, you think different. And when you say, you, you can have fun, but you, you, you think you look forward much different. And the Lord said, I'm going to elevate you, son. My hand's upon you. Never let money be the issue of not achieving the dream God has for you. You can go in the medical field. You can go in any direction you want to go. And the Lord said, my hand is upon you because what you do. Now, I don't know you. It's not fortune telling, not nothing, nothing. I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord. Because God said, I'm going to use you to impact so many lives. I see a gifting like you can play music if you put yourself to it. And uh, the Lord said, I'm going to develop that because this, nearly you were not here this morning, but this was a divine appointment of God that you're supposed to be here 
just to hear the word of the Lord. Lay hands on this young man. Now, if I ever give you a word and it's nonsense, you stop me immediately because we're not here. We speak words in the spirit dimensions. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor, say, put a smile on your face. It's not really so serious as what it sounds like. God is serious, but we're here to break out and break through in Jesus' name. Tonight, 6 o'clock, we're going to be here and spite the devil. Bring your mother-in-law, bring all the sick, bring all the demon-possessed, bring everybody, and you're going to see the power of God move in their lives. Pastor Les, will you close for us, please? Hallelujah. Praise God. What an awesome hour and a half. Amen. Praise God. Let's close our eyes. Father God, we come to you this afternoon or this morning, Lord. And Father God, we thank you for the word that's gone forth. Lord, we believe today that every word that is spoken cannot return void. But Lord, it will accomplish and achieve the purpose that you intended for it in Jesus' name. Father, now pray for your hand of protection upon every individual, Father, and each one is, as they go their own way, that you'll keep them, Father God. You'll protect them. You'll send your angels around them until we gather again in Jesus' mighty and precious name. May the Lord richly bless you. And everybody said, Amen.